0: You're listening to the 37th edition of the Bitachan Podcast and today is a beautiful day here in Beit Shemesh Windy day but beautiful and uh, I've been looking for this spot with the big uh, wheel which was used I believe for as an olive press and you know previously we spoke about the different ways that a person tries to accomplish things, tries to uh, for his family of course. But I was thinking about a, a slightly different point coming into this podcast, which is that the creation of of oil, you know, they would take something and they would place it. There's a square in the center and they would place uh there would be a second part of it, which I've actually seen elsewhere, <laughs> which would go around in a circle, and it would they would place the olives here on the on the circle and then it would, the rock, this hard rock item, round item, would turn around and crush the olives, crush out the olive oil. And there's a circle here. I don't know if this is created by rain, but it could be that the oil would collect in the circle here. I don't know exactly how it works. But uh, the idea is, I think it's a mushel for working on Bitach and working on our relationship with Hashem. You know, Sometimes we gotta get crushed, but more so, each small olive is like another challenge or, or, midah that we wanna work on, whatever it is. It takes time, takes effort, one by one, day by day. We go on through our lives, we continue, and we squeeze out that oil. The oil, we we all know, we just came out of Hanukkah. You know, the oil represents the light of Torah, it represents the, the purity, the pure olive oil it's one of the shiva and so working on bitachen so many opportunities so many challenges that come up, so many olives to be pressed in our lives and uh, each time that we have these opportunities, each time that we have these challenges we're moving forward we're creating more olive oil that olive oil of our soul, ner mitzvah v'tayra or, the the mitzvahs are a ner, a a candle, or really a, a ner is really this, uh, think of the clay cheres, the earthenware vessel that has a wick stuck into it and there's oil inside of it, and that's the ner v'tayra or, and the light that shines of the oil that we produce and the challenges that we overcome, that is the, that's the reason why we're here. And I uh, just want to apologize. I'm right near the road. The road is very close to me. I want you guys to see this particular location. And uh, you might hear some cars in the background, but it comes with the territory. Okay, so I'd like to begin again from the beginning of the 12th chapter of Madriges Adam, which is the last chapter. And Vayakila Yocholoi. Pusuk says, talking about the battle of Yaakov Avinu with the angel. He saw that he couldn't win. Meaning the angel saw that he couldn't succeed against Yaakov Avinu, against Jacob. So he slammed him on his side in the joint of his thigh in their battle. So the Czar says a famous thing that the angel was able... To strike him in the place which supports the Torah. Yaakov Avinu, he's the Torah, he's the Ishtam, Yoshev Oyolim. The support is that which holds it up, is the leg. He was able to strike him in the support of the Torah. The Malach could not strike or touch Yaakov himself, the Guf HaTorah, the, the body of Torah itself, if there was some kind of blemish that was caused which affected Yaakov has to do with the means which are necessary in order to keep the Torah alive to keep the existence of the Torah for it to continue. That there's power there the Sahara. Uh, just listening today to a Shirmer, a Rabbi Per gave on, on Hanukkah, and he talked about how um, in the 60s probably this was, a very long time ago, 50, 60 years ago, so there was a total of, in the entire United States, a total of 50, he said he calculated, there was 25 of avrechem in 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 Lakewood, 7 in Baltimore, 7 in Tarvadas. A few others scattered throughout the United States and the wealthy people of America said who's going to support them? What an irony, they didn't appreciate the power of Torah, the importance of Torah, they didn't appreciate that there could be thousands as there are today thousands of people sitting and learning with full support because Shabbat Hu provides for those who are committed to him. But this is a place that naturally, a person asks the question "How, how are we going to, how is it going to be possible for there to be a support for this? Torah naturally, people question its importance. You know, those who don't understand, those who don't appreciate the value of Torah and how it's the soul of the Jewish people. Just like the angel was throwing up dirt, dirt and dust, darkening the heavens in this battle. So it's a The evil inclination has the ability to throw up dust to darken is the spiritual importance of the Torah even for a moment the, the proper path for the ofisylum for the ofisylum for the, the, the forefathers of our of our nation who obviously represent they they are, uh, they represent all that would come after them to the entire jewish nation right his name is yisrael jacob jacob received the name israel yisrael which represents the Jewish people, Klal Yisrael, we are him. says the altar that it makes more sense to say that it wasn't so much in regards to Yaakov himself. A few days later, you know, he was he had pain in his thigh, but he got better, right? But it makes more sense to say that the, the ramifications of that battle and the wound that he inflicted, the Malach, the angel of of inflicted on Jacob, was more in regards to the coming generations. <laughs> as we said, that which occurs to the forefathers is a sign of what will occur to his children. Shema <laughs> regards to the very body of the Torah, those who are sitting and learning, those who are committed to Torah, those who, Torah is important to them. So it's very difficult to push them off of that commitment because they appreciate the B'nai Taira, those who are sitting and learning to they appreciate the importance and the power and the specialness of Taira. The main place of the Yetzir HaRa, where does he get have a foothold? Where does the evil inclination have a foothold? It's in regards to the means that are necessary in order for the Torah to continue, for the person to be able to continue to study Torah, to be able to continue to learn. And this is the thicket that surrounds a person. You know, I don't know if you can really see completely, but you know, when you're in a wooded area, when you're in a place like this, so there's a thicket, it's easy to get caught up and stuck and, and, and trip and fall. There are so many questions that hound a person. How am I going to survive? How am I going to live? How am I going to pay my bills? And all the worries that, that come. Even those people who are interested in striving for higher levels of spirituality, who are interested in, in getting to a, a state of spiritual shleimus, spiritual attainment, spiritual greatness, true spiritual greatness. The Sahara, the evil inclination, darkens the path for them with all kinds of calculations and it confuses them with worries about tomorrow how am I going to pay my bills tomorrow how am I going to survive you know I have what I need today perhaps maybe I don't even have what I need today the Yetzirah says how are you going to even learn tomorrow if you don't have bread to eat if you can't provide for your family how are you going to survive so the Yetzirah puts this idea this question in a person's head it's a legitimate question how am I going to survive spiritually, physically? So this is the place that the, the evil inclination, found for all generations to be able to weaken the person who's a ben Torah, someone who appreciates the importance of Torah, wants to live his life committed to learning Torah. He doesn't have you know, a person who sits and learns so today, Baruch Hashem, we live in a matzah that's very different than a hundred years ago when he wrote this. But even today, there's not, there's not the, you know, the general populace does not appreciate, doesn't support the importance of learning of, of those who are sitting and, and studying their entire, their entire lives. <laughs> they don't support us in our physical or spiritual endeavors. A person who wants to be completely committed to Torah. A person who wants to live without any compromises in his Torah learning. It's not something that the general Jewish population appreciates. Having an extreme view, having an extreme way of living, being committed to the Torah in an extreme fashion, is not something that people readily accept. It's very hard to have the power, to have the strength within oneself to be able to stand against those who come and say that you're wrong. What are you spending all of your time studying tar? What are you spending all of your time with the books for? Go out and get a job. And a person... Who's in such a circumstance, the world surrounding him telling him that he's doing something that's incorrect. So slowly, slowly his guard is comes down, and he ends up living a life of compromise. Until he loses all of his strength and his firmness in his mind, and he decides better to live a life of compromise. He finds some in between, which ends up being that. The person ends up without the Tyre at all heaven forbid so what's the obvious solution to this problem the solution is the solution is having an ironclad faith in God that he's going to be provided with what for what with what he needs we can we can line up two statements that our sages said one says, page 91, that when the Yitzhahar appeared to Yaakov Avinu, when this Malach, the Malach of Esav, the Angel of Esav, appears to Yaakov Avinu, one, one opinion is that he appeared to him like a non-Jew, like an idol worshiper. And one says, no, he appeared to him like a Torah scholar. You can say, that there's not really a difference of opinion here at all when it comes to the way that the Yitzhara approaches a Ben Aliyah someone wants to someone wants to grow someone who wants to be a tire person so there are two paths that he takes in order to try to convince him that what he's doing is not the way to go the first is that he comes to him as an idol worshipper comes to him with a secular approach to life. You have to put in your efforts. You have to to do something. You have to make a parnasa. You can't just sit around and do nothing. You have to to do it yourself. The second one is that he comes to him as a Torah scholar. The Pesach Kosher bechazmenes ravan. He comes to him with the Pesach Kosher, it's a very important principle that the Alter of the Vedic uses often in the Sefer. The Pesach Kosher means not a Pesach as in as in the holiday. Pesach with a tough in the middle. A Pesach Kosher is a is a a kosher way out, a kosher excuse in many different kinds of calculations. really. Says the Yitzhak, really, the Torah will also agree that you have to compromise. You have to look, people, people need to accept. You. you have to, you have to be amongst the people. You can't be someone who does something so extreme that people reject you. And when it comes to the path of B'tochon, which means unstinting faith, unstinting knowledge and awareness, assuredness that God will take care of me. So the the Yetzirah comes with all of his battle, with all of his battle wear. He comes with his knives and his guns and his machetes. He's got all of the explanations. Look, our sages say it's good to learn Torah. Alongside earning a paranasa, you have to earn a livelihood. The, the Mishnah says, and if you just learn, you don't, also, you don't also work, you're going to end up, it's going to be nullified. The Sifri, the major says, on the verses says that God will, will bless you in all that you're going to do to so Sufri in Devarim, in Deuteronomy the verse says you got to do something if you want God to bless you if you want blessings to come upon you you got to do something you can't sit around and learn that's that's what the Sahara says that's what the people around a person often say and also the Yitzhah when it comes to the obligation a person has an obligation to work on our meetings, to work on our character traits, to do, to become a greater person, a more humble person, a more sensitive person, a nicer person. Not just in a superficial way, but in a real way. It's an obligation. So when it comes to tikanamidas, when it comes to rectifying our character flaws, should start with a trilodia's because the because and a person needs to go to the opposite extreme when it comes to these kinds of things. So what does Yetzir say? Look, if you act in an extreme way, let's say a person is working on the midah of of chesed, of doing kindness. So everywhere he goes, he's looking for opportunities for kindness. So that's not something that people are so upset about. But if that's all he does all day long, let's say he works on it for a week, that's all he does all day long. People say, are you nuts? What are you doing? Why don't you take care of yourself? Why don't you take care of your family? Person is working on something in a in an extreme way, which was of the altar of Navarak. People say you're not, you have to be a normal person. Right. He says, So Yitzhara will come to him and say, Look, what you're doing is not correct according to the the, the Torah. They'll say, the Yitzhar will say, and people will say to him, Look. <laughs> who who do we know is somebody who is appreciated by people that's the person who's appreciated by God <laughs> a person who's not appreciated by people a person who is looked at strangely by people God is also not happy with that person <laughs> and he'll prove and bring all kinds of Different calculations. Why? The most important thing is that everyone should like you. You should be somebody who everyone appreciates. you get a Why? I'll tell you why. Because this is an obligation. You're a, you're a ben huh? You have to. People look at you, and, they, and you represent God. You want to. You want to sanctify God's name. You can't do it if you're acting in weird ways. And this is true, by the way, but a person sometimes has to be extremist. A person, especially in B'Tachem, a person has to be extreme. <laughs> and the Yisrael will say, Look, our sage is a Torah scholar has a stain on his garment, so he's liable for, for the death penalty. <laughs> see that you're obligated because of Kiddush Hashem sanctifying God's name everyone should like you you should do things that people appreciate not things that people don't appreciate so that's the Tamchen right that's where the Malach the, the Malach of Esau, the angel slapped him in his side so that if we want to be a true Ben Aliyah, we want to be somebody who's truly growing in our spirituality growing in our Bitachin in our faith in God growing in our in our working on our Midas which requires a certain, um, being, being a certain, to a certain extent, extreme. So, Yitzhahar has all of his reasons why we shouldn't do this. Amnam HaMavakesh Be'emes HaMiti says the altar of Navaric. If a person is truly looking for the honest path, the true path, Shum all of these cannot have any effect on him. All of these cannot have any effect on him. All of these false proofs. Beliboy, a person should say in his heart hapshora, Should say in his heart that if the main thing that I want to do is to get to a path of compromise. It's it's only going to be in the way that our sages say. Of course, there's an idea of compromise within the Torah. There's a compromise within the Mahalach of the Altar in the Vardik as well. But it has to be in the way that the Torah prescribes, not in the way that the people around me, who don't understand the importance of Torah, say I should do it. When I do this, it can't be because I want to listen to my Sahara or the people around me. It's because this is what our sages say to do. For this, I'm going to throw away my past. I'm going to give up all of that, all that I've accomplished until now. The powerful commitments that I've made to Torah, to being a Ben to be Tachan. I serve God with a purity. With, the Gomer, with absolute commitment <laughs> to go to the furthest extent in order to work on and overcome my negative character traits. <laughs> so, this is what it's going to, this is how a person is going to think about things. Uh, it's going to take away all of these things. Am I going to take away all of the spirituality that I've gained and all of my commitment to God? Who even says that I am a Torah scholar? If I think I am a Torah scholar, I need to see if I indeed have all of these advantages or all these character traits which define a Torah scholar, a mamram, ezrat mam khaham, I tell us and I've kuf yud dalet nshab is a same gemar that says you can't have a stain on your shirt. Who is considered a tamur khaham? So she'eren atsvi alakh ba mam koins, I It's a person who is able to respond. They know everything. They know all the shas. And they know down to the 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 most Perhaps least learned, It's called. A person has to be in order to be considered a Talmud Chacham. A buck in the entire Torah. And we already find that it's brought down the Shach says in Yerideya, means here, that there's no such thing as a Talmud Chacham today. Because we don't know, we, the ordinary person maybe there's gedayim who qualify for a chacham, Rucham Kinyevsky, but uh, the average bentayer today does not qualify for this issue to the point where I have to be concerned if there's a stain on my shirt. And when it comes to this statement that we have to be accepted and loved by everybody. So the response of a B'an needs to be that it's better to be considered our sages say it's a mission in Adios it's better to be considered a fool in the eyes of people all of a person's life than to be considered wicked in the eyes of Hashem for one moment so don't prove anything from the fact that people have to like me I can't act in an extreme way when it's called for in order to do what's right in order to work at Mayimidas in order to have Bittachon person needs to strengthen himself against all of these kinds of Tainas Also, what does the Rambam say? The Rambam says if you're in a place where the people around you are wicked, if everyone around you has these wrong ways of thinking, you have to go to a place where the people are tzaddikim, you have to go to a place, move to Eretz Yisrael, move to Ruma P'chamesh. And if the entire world is acting in a way which is inappropriate, which is wrong, which is wicked, there is one. Sit by yourself, go live by yourself. The altar Novartik did this for a year, a year and a half. He locked himself in a room. he would pass some food through a hole in the in the door. Of course, this was an extreme action, and he came out. He didn't continue it. but there's an idea that a person sometimes needs to be alone. that's what we're doing here out here in the fields, out here in the, in the forest in the, in, the, in the places of his Yeshev levada yechide, Yeshiv bodad ve'yiduim. Like it says in the Rambam, Yilchus De'ya Salach Aleph, Sometimes a person needs to sit alone and be quiet. Okay, so we got here from the altar. I know this has gone a little bit longer than I usually, I usually do this podcast, but what we get here from the altar is a very powerful concept which is the importance of sticking to our guns We're working on bitachin being a bal bitachin it means doing things that sometimes people around us will say to us you are crazy working on midas being a ben being a ben aliyah being somebody who wants to rise in the service of God that's that's what's required. What's required is a certain staunch, staunch approach. And I want to just finish off with one more story. I, I share with you the story of Rev Taparovitch last time, which was one story that I heard from his son-in-law. And I want to share with you a second story. Just marking off where we stopped over here. Second story which I heard from him on that same occasion that he saw with his own eyes. So this is, I heard this firsthand. That Rav Taporovich, Shl- uh, Rav Shlomo Tapperovich, So he had started a yeshiva called the Bnei HaLevi'im. Uh, sorry, I'm getting the name wrong. Yeshivas, it's lo- I lost the name, it's the Levi'im in Haifa. And it was his responsibility to, to get the money, to get the money for the yeshiva, a so certain amount of money he had to pay each month, first of the month, to the, Rebbeim, to, the to the rabbis. So it, was, it was there And Came the first of the month And the rub who was telling the story I believe his name was Rabbi frankel Came into To his father-in-law's house And he saw he was sitting and learning He was very calm And he said to him Do you have the money that you need? No, I don't have the money that I need yet you worried? No, I'm not worried It was just a few hours Until it was payday time Time to pay the money so I said to him, how much money do you need? He went through it. He made a whole khajman of the amount. It was a sizable sum. Make him a number. You know, In those times, this is probably a story from, this is when the, this Rav, who was definitely in his 70s, he was a newlywed. So it was 50 years ago, 1970s. And I uh, I'm not worried. No, he was a he was a real Nevardiger. He worked on Bitachem. Like we saw in the story of last week with the with the bread and the butter and the cocoa. And he uh, he said, "I'm not worried." And within a short amount of time, there was a knock on the door, and they opened the door, and the man was standing there. The man was standing there, and he had an envelope, and and he said to the Rav, he "said I would like you to watch this money for me." He gave it them as a because. And Now the halacha is that with a pikadan. A pikadan is something that's money that's being given to watch. It's permitted for the, pal pikudan, the Shemra pikadan. The person who's watching that money is allowed to use it as long as he returns by the appointed day, which is usually 30 days, full amount. It's permitted to borrow that money. So the man gave him the, the money, and he placed it. He, he The man left. And Rav Taparavich opens up the envelope and he counts out the money. Obviously, he needs to know how much he needs to return to him. He counts it out, and it's the exact amount down to the shekel that he needed that day for the paychecks. And this Refranco who watched this mice who was telling me the story, he was there. He said he had such a calmness about him. He was so calm. It's an amazing thing that we see. This is a real Navardakur. He had practiced this, he had worked on this. But it's an amazing thing that. It's possible within Bita'chin to get a calmness, to know that it's going to be fine. You're going to have everything that you need. Kaddish Baruch Hu has provided for you. Hashem provides for you. Hashem will provide for you. You'll always have everything you need. And it doesn't have to be in a grabby way. It doesn't have to be in a way that, that's me doing it. It could be I do something. It could be even that I don't do anything. It could be that Kaddish will send it to me without any efforts on my part, as we see in this story with Rav Taparovic. So, that's the idea for today. I thank you for joining me again, and we'll see you again next time.